Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Atberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Marquis Murray with us today, and we are going to be talking about running your business with systems and processes. And at first blush, this might sound a little boring, uh, but I think it's actually really important because at least in my observation, I've found that a lot of businesses, even shockingly uh, a lot of pretty large and established businesses run by making a whole lot of ad hoc decisions. And that tends to burn a lot of time and money uh, that could usually be more effectively spent. Uh, Marquis, uh, don't let me talk the whole time. Uh, Introduce yourself and uh, let's get the conversation going. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Doug. Appreciate uh, giving the opportunity to be here. So my, my name is Marquis Murray. I'm the CEO and founder of Ditto, and we are a management consulting company. Uh, we help organizations work smarter, more efficiently through implementing systems and processes. And yeah. we help you know teams and businesses of very various sizes uh, grow by streamlining their standard operating procedures, how they um, work in the back end of their business. We help them in implement their work management tools so that they can scale faster. Um, our, our, our mission for the company is to put an end to team burnout, right? Yeah. We're, we're talking a bit before the show. And, you know, a, a lot of times, though, this might seem like a boring topic. It, it, it's uh, not surprising anymore, the amount of companies that, you know, run without any processes. They're doing the same things over and over and over again. They're burning out their team. They're working all hours there's double um, or duplicate work happening within the organizations as well. And so we, we create process and clarity around mm-hmm. how the work is done. Yeah. And really, you know, our, our why, why we exist is to help, you know, teams focus on their work yeah. without the stress um, of not knowing where or how the work is happening. Yeah. And th- those are some of the big, you know, issues that we see that organizations are facing, whether you have 50 employees yeah. or Three, 300 employees. Um, a, yeah. a lot of those problems exist at those different yeah. levels. Well, and I would actually argue that um, what you're doing is uh, just as if not more valuable for somebody, say, who's starting up from an idea. And he, he, at least here's the reason why is because if you start with processes in place, you can scale with much, much fewer people and much, much less expensive yeah. people. And that is you, know, because yeah. oddly enough, people who are able to figure out how to address an enormous ball of chaos ad hoc are really expensive because you have to yeah. have a very advanced skill set in order to do that. Uh, whereas if you have a repeatable process as laid out on a step-by-step basis, that can be executed very cost-effectively in any number yeah. of countries. Um, and so the, you know, the more you can do that, I think, the, depending on your perspective, they call it either a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, you know, but basically if you can turn more of your things into repeatable, documented, executable processes, now you can reduce the amount of scope that needs to be addressed by people who are yeah. basically holding the entire operations of the company inside their head and then need to yeah. be able to make snap decisions about whether to go right, left, forward, up, or down. Um, and I think yeah. that, you know, at, at least the way that I think about it is every single repeatable process, everything that you can turn into a repeatable documented process, that becomes a business asset. 
because now the difference in cost between what it costs either you or the uh, that experienced person to do it and the person you can outsource it to, that becomes a terminal business value savings. Uh, terminal mm-hmm. value, oddly enough, a little uh, ding for the uh, for the podcast name. Yeah, um, but I think, but to me, that's the real value, is and it because I think there's. Um, Traditional, uh, traditional, traditional kind of uh, business startup doctrine is the, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Netflix blitz scaling, right? You know, it's to say, hey, if you're doing sure. something that's really meaningful, um, you know, how efficient you are doesn't matter. Uh, what you need to do is just get to scale as fast as humanly possible. And if you are dealing right. with an extreme high valuation, extreme high growth segment. That, that is true for a while, but at some point you have to clean up the mess. Otherwise yeah. you will crash just as fast as you grew. And, uh, yeah. and again, don't let me monologue, but, uh, but that, those are the things that come to mind when, when we're talking. And uh, so that's, at least to me, that's why this is really important. Yeah, absolutely. L- lots of good nuggets there from, from what you just, uh, you know, discussed. But yeah, I, I think at, at its core, it's what we see quite a bit is, you know, businesses that have been operating, you know, in a, in a certain way for so long, and yeah. you ask their team members, you know, why do we do this? Right. And it's, that's how it's always been done. Right. But, you know, the, the sheer fact of it is that, though it's always been done that way, it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it or the most yeah. efficient way to do it, right? And so it's really about evaluating how you do business. And, you know, I, I often will quote, you know, this book, um, Michael Gerber's um, huh? the, the E-Myth uh, Revisited. Yes. If, if anyone hasn't read that book, you know, get into it. I read it at least once a year. And so yeah. what it talks about is, you know, the, the need for process, right? You start as this technician, right? Mm-hmm. Who thinks, you know, that they can do it better than their manager or the owner. And then you transition into an owner, you know, position and you're the, the person that holds all the knowledge. You're the yeah. subject matter expert. And there, there's really a gap when it comes to scaling. You need to bring on another team member. You see it all the time in onboarding workflows where, I mean, that's using the word loosely, there, there are no workflows, right? Yeah. It's I'm spending my time you know, training yeah. each individual that comes on, the, the onboarding is not streamlined, it's not templated, it's a little bit different for everyone. So your 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 team is not getting uh, a consistent experience, yeah. your clients are not receiving a consistent experience. And as you work through your projects, your deliverables, as you're, you're shipping out products, yeah. whatever industry you find yourself in, these roadblocks and these things are coming up, you know, in the business that are causing friction, yeah. causing us to spend more money, causing confusion, causing burn out but we're not addressing those those issues we're not talking about them we're not you know doing retrospectives and taking lessons yeah. away from the work that we're doing and so we get ourselves stuck in this trap we're doing the same things over and over again and that's why ditto exists is to help uh-huh. owners and teams duplicate their their processes duplicate their efforts so they can scale more effectively oh right? like ditto duplicate i see what you're doing there, there you that's, go that's clever there you go there you go <laughs> Oh, anyway, I interrupted exactly. you. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, no. And yeah, like what, what we always encourage our, our customers to do is, you know, they often don't know where to start. We work with a few different customers. We work with the ones that, you know, maybe are solopreneur entrepreneurs and um, either, either by themselves looking to scale. They have a few team members. They're looking to take it to the next level. We work with, you know, mid-level companies that have between 20, you know, 50, 100 employees yeah. and then more enterprise clients. And we work with them to help them to take the knowledge that either themselves as the individual owner technician has yeah or maybe
maybe the leader, the leadership team has, and to you know better distribute that information to the team in a clear, um, cohesive way. And one yeah. thing that I was like like to say and encourage our team to think about is when it comes to process, think about your job, think about all the things that you do in a day, in a week, yeah. in a month. If you needed to go on vacation or needed to take some time off, mm -hmm. is there anyone else that would be able to do your job? Is it written down? Yeah anywhere for you to pass it off and some people will you know want to talk about the the you know get hit by a bus scenario i don't yeah. like to talk about that because it's pretty morbid but yeah it, right yeah you, 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 you have to think about that stuff right and so i always encourage our customers to think and our team to think am i the only person who knows this information yeah and would others benefit from having this information the answer will always be a resounding yes, right? So document it, get it out of your head, get it into, um, you know, a notebook or Google Docs or your project management tool, or there are lots of tools like Tetra or Confluence yeah. or Asana that can do this for you, uh -huh. right? You don't have to, you don't have to complicate it. So we're always encouraging people just to get the knowledge out of your head, start with your job, start yeah. with what you do, how you do it so that you can uh, break it down for, for someone else. Yeah. And well, well, like, for example, one of the things that I like to do that's, I mean, it's you know, much more rudimentary than what you're talking about, but for things like, uh, like, for example, for editing these podcast episodes, uh, yeah. you know, I have, it, I, I have a, basically I have a, uh, I have a fairly detailed set of instructions set up in a card in Trello. And then I just basically set it up so that it repeats that way it can go out to a virtual yeah. assistant who can edit and then post the podcast. Well, you know, because remember when I first did this, I burned a ton of time editing podcast episodes. Of course, well, you know, when you know what, you know, once you get down to an instruction set, now you can find somebody else to do that, and you can redirect more of your time. And I think the, at least for me, the thing that is really, uh, really valuable about what you're saying is that you know, like you know, let, let's say that you know, in you, because what you're talking about is say a technician entrepreneur and the, yeah. the, the, um, the, the second cousin to that is what I call the whirling dervish entrepreneurs, you know, the person who's kind of making okay. like, you know, who has four or five concentric business, you're trying to build a kind of four or five concentric businesses that all can feed off of each other because they're going, you know, because uh -huh. they're approaching the same clients, leads or whoever. And now you can create a place to where you can, you can either cross sell client uh, customers on one or the other, or you can also mm -hmm. say, if there's somebody who doesn't, who like one value prop doesn't appeal to them, you can pitch a different value prop, uh, you know, and basically right. kind of gives you more than one bite of the apple to try to try to convert clients. Uh, the problem with that type of model is it works great once it's up and running. Uh, but if you don't implement it with systems, you will burn yourself out in no time flat. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because yeah, starting off at the beginning, you may understand all those different pieces, but to yeah. really scale it and make an impact, you have to bring on, you know, additional team members or SMEs to help you yes, to fill fill the, to fill those blanks. Yes, right? and, exactly. You know, what, what's happening in North America right now is, you know, we've heard of the, the, the great resignation, right? People are, you know, coming to light and not wanting to, you know, stay in positions because of this friction that's being created because of yeah. bad experiences and we're losing, you know, good talent, you know, yeah. to other organizations that maybe do have it figured out or do put more of a emphasis on onboarding and process and continual process improvement. Right. It's important yeah. to note that just because it's documented once, it doesn't mean we leave it there and forget about it. We need to go back, look at it, update it, change things and continually train on those things as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we made a document in 2014 and put it up in a SharePoint folder. So that means we're documented, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does yeah. Anybody know where the, that SharePoint folder is at? 
Exactly. The amount of times we're on a Connect call, we're meeting with a, a new prospect and we ask them, okay, so, you know, do you have any documents right now? Are there any processes? What does that look like? And we'll see, yeah, we have them all in our Google Drive and we have spreadsheets. And then we get into it in our, in our next phase, which is our Explore call. We're reviewing some of those documents and they haven't been updated for over a year or, you know, they are redundant. There's overlapping process and um, the spreadsheets, you know, haven't been revised in some time. So yeah, definitely we see it all the time. So um, whatever that looks like, I mean, uh, oftentimes it, it's, uh, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to either document it or update them. And um, I, I love, you know, this saying, it's just, you, you have to spend time to make time, right? Whether yeah. it's monthly or quarterly, take time, close your office door. If you're in a physical location, yeah. go away, turn off all your notifications, get off Slack, leave your phone where it is and just go and just look and see how are we working? Is it effective? Are we being efficient? Because they are not yeah. the same thing, right? Um, and wh where do we need to spend time in updating our processes? Yes, yeah, well, and because yeah, I think the uh, the effective efficient. I know when I was younger, I was like effective is what matter. Don't what matters. Don't worry about efficient. Yeah. And whereas yeah. now I'm like, well, so I think effective is what matters in the short term. But over the long term, if you are not efficient, then yeah. there will be a cap to how effective you can be. And I, exactly. I think the thing you is got the, the two play together. Efficient without effective doesn't get you very far. But effective without efficient is going to be an enormous mess and it will not be remotely scalable so you are going to need both it. of them but the order is important <laughs> you got it you got it yeah one other thing we talk about i don't know if um what your organization looks like but the, the issue that we are constantly working against is a, a term that actually asana where we're asana solutions partners they they coined and it's called work about work right huh? so it, it's all it's all the in-between stuff it's you know trying to find you know, the, the latest status update or where those documents are housed or what the date is for this thing or how do we actually do this work and the research that's involved there. So, you know, we're actively working to eliminate this work about work so yeah. that, you know, um, we're not spending time in endless meetings and, you know, we're not doing double work. And, you know, um, as we work in different departments and, you know, are displaced in this new remote world, right, we have to know what the other teams are doing what the other um, team members are, are working on so that we're not duplicating work unnecessarily thus creating more and more friction yeah. so well and because one of the things uh, at least that uh, I, I guess I could say I believe because I've observed but I can't I don't have empirical proof I don't have a large number of empirical proof of it but what I've observed is that in most cases uh, you know, say you have somebody who is at the office from say 7.45 in the morning until 5.15 at night. So what they're going to say yeah. is they're going to say, I was there for nine and a half hours. Maybe I took like say 30 minutes for lunch. So I was working nine hours during the day. Well, mm -hmm. just because you're in front of a screen for nine hours a day, doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing nine hours of productive work a day. Right. Uh, because yeah. there, you know, if you count the amount of time that you're working on either trying to get information, uh, to you know, get say somebody to approve something or to get a required field in on a form or to do yeah. all sorts of other things that could be either automated or, uh, or streamlined or something like that. Most people would be shocked at the surprisingly low amount of time that they're doing value added work. 
And you know, yeah. the point of that is not to depress you, but to say that, hey, if you really dial this in, you can either get the same amount of real work done in a much smaller amount of time, or you can get way, way, way more done in the amount of time that you're investing right now. You know, I think the, the answer is not necessarily to come in to start earlier or stay later. It's to yeah. get it's to get get more out of the time you're putting in during normal business hours. At least that's my belief. Yeah. And to that point, yeah, around how we're spending our time, there was a study done in uh, 2018 um, that basically assessed the effectiveness of, you know, I think it was a thousand businesses across North America. And the numbers are still true today. Even this is from 2018, but um, what is it? Six, 60% of our time is spent right now in corporate America on work about work, whereas, you know, 27% is actually spent on the skilled work, the work we were hired to complete or the Mm -hmm. work that our clients hire us to complete. And then the remaining 13%, right, of of our time is spent on, you know, strategy and planning. So, you know, in in addition to that, I I can't remember what the numbers are right now, but it's staggering the amount of time we're spending in meetings, unnecessary meetings that could have been an email or a Slack message or a Loom recording, right? We we book off these 30-minute or 60-minute time slots with no agenda to to get to the point at the end where you know we could have resolved this in in, in a few minutes and so yeah the, those numbers if they're if they're yeah. not alarming to you they they should be they should be if they're not alarming yeah if they're not alarming to you it's because you probably don't know what that looks like in your organization right but imagine 60 percent of your your team and your companies and your employees time being spent on yeah. nothing right that, yeah. that that's concerning right and, so yeah here, we're, always, here, we're always thinking Oh, go ahead. I, I want you to finish your thought. No, that, that was it. Just, you know, we're, all, okay. we're, we're always, you know, thinking of yeah. ways to, you know, re- reduce that number so that we can focus on the actual scaled work. Yeah. Right? Well, and because, and then he, here's the other thing too, is that the amplifier to that is that if your company structure is such that you are reliant on highly skilled people, that 60% mm-hmm. overhead ratio is applied mm-hmm. to a very expensive base rate. Um, and yeah. so I think that that problem actually amplifies as companies scale with, um, you know, with, with, with the philosophy that, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll just have people figure it out ad hoc. So n- now what you end up doing is yeah. you end up applying that 60% overhead to expensive, uh, you know, to expensive resources. And then at some point yeah. you figure out that you have an, a giant cost problem. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, and the, the, the problem is, right, there's only one way to address a cost problem in a short amount of time, and that's to get rid of people. You know, people, they're not talking about that right yeah. now, but at some point, whatever this weird thing that's going on right now, where like everybody's backlog for everything they're trying to order, at some point that's going to mean reverse. And I think the concern Mm. is that if companies haven't pre-optimized, then at some point they're going to say, oh my God, our costs are going crazy. We need to figure out what to do about it. Well, if if you only have a week to figure out what to do about it, your options are really limited. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, something else to that point too is, you know, we 
we, we're, we're bringing on these people, these really skilled, intelligent yeah. people, and we're not creating process. But the, the fact is, and we talked about it earlier with the great resignation, yeah. is that they're not sticking around. And when they yeah. don't, when they eventually leave, we haven't taken the time to document how they do things. Yeah. They more, more than likely come into the business with no um, way of you know conducting their operations yeah. or the skilled work, and they've made up their own way of doing it. And that knowledge, though it may have been involved, has left yeah. with them. It hasn't been transferred to anyone else, exactly. right? And so you know, th th that's really the risk that we're running when it comes to staffing and talents and onboarding is we're spending all this time doing the same things over again. And, you know, that knowledge transfer is not happening um, yeah. with, with, within our team. So, yes, so much to dive into there. But, yeah, th th these are the big problems that we that we face every day. Yeah. So if you're listening, I mean, encourage you to think, you know, what what does operations look like if yeah. if our if we were to lose our lead designer or lead you know developer today you know where would we be would we be having to start from scratch would we know where the code is held would we know you know what the the lessons learned have been do we know what the potential roadblocks are no we're, we're starting that all over again so yeah. really encourage uh, the listeners to to really think through that well and i think this is an excellent segue because it just so happens uh, that Ditto, Marquis' company, uh, is designed and uh, created specifically to address the problems we're talking about right now. So, you know, if there was, uh, uh, you know, so it's like, you know, if uh, if anybody listening to this was hearing, uh, if it felt, if it was hitting close enough to home to start making your blood pressure rise, then I think now is a good time to uh, get a hold of Marquis. So Marquis, how do they do that? Where do they, where do people connect to you at? Yeah, um, we can go to thinkditto.com. That's yep, our website. I, I'm I, I'm all over LinkedIn, Marquis, uh, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. And when you go to our, our website, thinkditto.com, um, you'll have the opportunity to download our latest ebook. It's called The Agency Problem. Yeah, it's called The Agency Problem, Why Your Organization's Small Issues Are Bigger Than You Think and How to Fix Them. So we'll, we identify a lot of the, these issues we're talking about today. And so, and there are solutions within that book on how to, uh, to, to get around them. So love you to check that out. Outstanding. So that's T-H-I-N-K-D-I-T-T-O.com, correct? That's right. That's right. All right. Outstanding. All right. Well, yeah, go visit Marquis' site and then uh, I will, uh, we'll talk to everybody again and hope you're having a wonderful day. Perfect. Thanks for this, Doug. We appreciate right. the time. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to terminalvaluepodcast.com. For more information, please visit businessoflifellc.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.